Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Good News Ministries of GNM.org. It's the Catholic place for faith builders. You'll find daily good news reflections on the scriptures of Mass, written by Terry Modica, to help you in your everyday life and struggles. Visit GNM.org today. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com, for faith, fellowship, and love. This is the Padua Podcast Network. It's kind of where this all is from, is this place for women to let their jars not be filled with the world, but to be filled with faith and community and truth that we can grow in our faith and then go back to our own towns, our own families, or wherever it might be, or even just into our own recesses of our own heart and allow truth to speak freely. Thriving in the Trenches. It's the podcast where you will hear stories from real people with real purpose, all for a God who loves us with a real love. The Trenches, where life isn't always easy, but it is a place for women to be encouraged and equipped to uniquely and universally serve Christ in their feminine vocation. So, together, let's go deeper in our faith in God, in His church, and in our friendships. You are welcome here. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter, and I am your host. I would like to welcome you back for another season, season six of the podcast. I can't believe I've been doing that for this long. And uh, really, it's just been such a crazy ride. I don't even still sometimes don't even understand why or how I got to this point. But needless to say, I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to produce a podcast and get to meet wonderful people who are truly, truly um, putting themselves, themselves out there to evangelize, to share the gospel, to share the good news. And um, the good news is really nestled into the bosom of the Catholic Church. And so, as you know, I always stay true to my faith tradition and bring in guests that will help me to do the same thing and to guide us as we want to go deeper into the truths of our faith. It's like this, un you, you just cannot even empty the treasure chest of goodness in our church and the teachings that have spanned for so, so many years, over 2000 now. Um, so anyway, I hope you guys had a, a good summer. I hope that you are all into the swing of a, a, of a new school year. You know, I waited till after Labor Day to release the new season. And I have been working pretty hard all summer in revitalizing, not revitalizing, recording. I guess I have kind of revitalized myself. I've done a lot of recording and research and and just really spent time prepping for this fall. So, 
all that to say, I would like to introduce you to the guest for this next episode. Um, I'm, I'm sure many of you have heard of her. She is um, a prominent Catholic speaker, and she I actually got to meet her in person this summer in a random turn of events where I got to meet Carrie Chris, and she was hanging out with Leah Darrow doing some some work with her. So that was really fun for me to get to meet her in person after I'd already interviewed her. But Leah Darrow is, um, she was a former model and contestant on the TV show America's Next Top Model. Um, if you've never heard her conversion story or read her book, The... Um, the other side of beauty, then I encourage you to do so. She just really shares her story about what the secular world, especially in the modeling world and all the lies and the paths, the dark, dark paths that she took through that and why she is so adamant about sharing the light and love of our Catholic faith with her fellow sisters. And she's going to share with us about some of her new ventures, but also just really her heart for ministry and her fire for truth and goodness and beauty. So uh, I hope you stick around and enjoy every bit of it. Welcome Leah Darrow to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Well, we are looking forward to getting to hear what all you have been working on. And um, before we do that, I'm sure most people do kind of know who you are, especially in the, already gave them, you know, the bio and stuff. But would you share just a little bit about you kind of beyond the bio? How do you see yourself? Just introduce this to everyday Leah. Jeez. <laughs> um yeah, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that. I definitely don't hide the the real Leah. I actually rarely, uh, I probably should post a little bit more, but I, I rarely kind of post like me on stage and behind stage and speaking. And it's mostly you'll get me on Instagram with um, the everyday Leah. So the family, the kids, the messes, the insanity, the struggles, um, the suffering, um, the joys, all of that. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, if I could think of like a couple words to sum up, maybe everyday Leah, it would be mercy, just mercy. I'm just all about mercy. I'm all about Christ's mercy, receiving it, knowing I'm, I'm in need of it and then giving it, just paying it forward and giving it to everybody I can. Um, spreading the message, giving it to people in my own personal life, allowing myself to receive it from Christ himself. Um, and then the other word would just be recalibrate. Everything's about recalibrating, especially as I've learned of being a mom. You don't have to be, be a mom to, to get that, but motherhood has taught me recalibration. It's taught me that it's not always going to go the way you plan and, and you have to stop and recalibrate every almost every day sometimes and so when things are working great keep doing it when it's working and when it's not you're not a failure just stop and recalibrate so from my prayer life to my um, entrepreneurial life um, even you know with my marriage it's like everything is just a little bit of a recalibration and tweaking as I go along and you know that's just 
that's where I'm at. That's a little bit of who I am. And <laughs> there's a lot more, but I think I could probably sum it up with that. Yeah, no, that's great. I do follow you on Instagram and you described it perfectly. I mean, you just give it like it is. And um, I that's probably why people relate to you so easily in your life, because you're just real. Not many people can relate to you know, you being on stage or all the the past accolades that you have, we're just all regular people. And, and really, I'm sure that that's what's so endearing to those who um, follow you and keep up with all your crazy hot mess of a day, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's important to be honest and vulnerable um, because that's where connections made. And if we really believe in Christ and his call to evangelize and to share him, that is going to happen person to person. It will not happen, you know, Bible study to Bible study. It, it'll be hopefully through that, but it'll be a personal encounter with another person and then hopefully it's that level of vulnerability, it's that level of honesty, it's that level of sharing that we get to, you know, be Christ to others and allow others to be Christ to us. And uh, Teresa of Avila has a great poem and Christ has no body. And she says, Christ has no body but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. And that's, if we really take that into, like if we take that to our heart, then what are we really sharing with others? Um, we need the vulnerability. We need the authenticity. We need to just be who we are and to be that well. And I think that's ultimately what I've seen with my, my engagement with social media is that the responses I get from people thanking me for you know, being real and showing the hot mess is beyond that they laugh and they see my mm -hmm. kids throw oatmeal all over my laundry, you know, that happened somewhat recently and I was showing how I was picking it up and the constant mess with that. And it's fun, but they also can take, you know, I think like a deep breath and be like, hey, me too. And we all struggle a little bit and um, we shouldn't be pretending that suffering is not a part of daily life on a variety of levels and, you know, intensity. And so I think, yeah, just kind of going back to really the call it is to be a Christian and the call it is to be authentic. I mean, Christ himself, he was not scared to show his vulnerability. He was not scared, the son of God, the savior, the Messiah, to cry in the garden. He was not scared when he came back out of the garden and he was telling Peter and he was like, you know, pray. You must pray with me. Like he was pleading with them, like, I need you to do this with me. And there's just that vulnerability there that we see even in Christ himself. And there's something beautiful about that. And there's something beautiful about those wounded healers that God calls upon many of us to share our lives um in such a way that it connects with others. And, you know, at the resurrection, at the, um, during when, when Christ appears after his resurrection to his apostles, like he appears with his wounds and he shows them. Mm -hmm. 
And there's something for me, that's where I just, I get so much inspiration and, and obviously I'm edified so much by Christ himself and his whole life. But that moment of like, when I go out and I do give my talks and when I do do my, you know, my, my work for women, it's, it's within that same spirit of, you know, um, Christ rose and so will we. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. You know, one of my favorite sayings, I, I'm a revert, I guess you could say. And um, I came from a paradigm, a Calvinistic paradigm, where there's so much heresy around like the body, the flesh, the incarnation. And we didn't have that full understanding of the incarnation and how when Christ redeemed us, he redeemed everything. And that's like the fullness of his redemption has blown me away these last five years. Like I just keep coming back to that. And one of my, my main thing, the main things I say is God redeems everything. And, um, even my spiritual director, I'm sure my listeners are going to get tired of hearing me saying this, but I never tire of hearing my, uh, spiritual director tell me, give your failures to Christ. He will redeem even those there's so much hope in that, that I, I just, he redeems everything, even my failures, mm-hmm. even my sin, he'll redeem it, give it to him. So I love that. And I love the, the idea of always sharing that, always being open to mercy to receive it, but always giving it, especially as a mom and, um, n- knowing that you have to give your kids mercy that, um, That'll take you. <laughs> it's hard because they're making your life difficult in in their daily cho- choices. I mean, cleaning up oatmeal out of laundry. I'm not so sure I would have been very calm about that. <laughs> yeah, it, they they they're definitely out to destroy me. I have no doubt. My children are domestic terrorists. Yeah. Um, and I created them. I created my own enemy <laughs> army to take me down. Yes. Um. I, yes, absolutely. It's, it's insanity and, and, you know, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it is choosing. It's taking control, um, over my passions. It is, I, and trust me, I'm, I, I'm not saying I, I always, uh, am able to do that, but I've learned that within parenting for me, you know, as, a, as a single person controlling your passions, you know, for me, dealt with like chastity, you know, um, and so and that, and Grant, you need like we all need to do that. We need to control our passions in a variety of different ways. But I remember from my own personal self, I had this own personal struggle, so I was I was always working on that. And then as a parent, my you know controlling my passions with you know either getting angry or yelling really quickly and just taking a deep breath and and trying to see the bigger picture, trying to see what can I what can I teach in this? And also, was there something that I could learn from it or or have done differently? And and granted, it's not like you're going to have time to like have these reflections in the middle of somebody (laughs) throwing oatmeal all over your newly folded laundry, which my children just recently did. And it's just everywhere. And they put it inside the washer. You're just like, this is like, that's not, this is not, that is not the next, like the next hour or so is not going to be fun for me. But um, but there are those moments, and God gives us those moments, as you said, for mercy, to show our children mercy, to show ourselves mercy, and um, 
you know, all I kept telling myself in that particular instance was like, Leah, this could be worse. This could be glue. <laughs> it could oh. be, uh, it could have been Kool-Aid all over something or, you know, it could, it, it just, it definitely could be worse. Oh, Vaseline, um, hands down. That was the worst for me when my kids were little. Vaseline everywhere, hair, oh, clothes, yeah. carpet. <sighs> it's just, it's a mess. And <laughs> I, for the record, really quickly, let me just put this out there. When it comes to parenting and raising kids, I will tell you something. I know nothing. I, I am, I make mistakes every day. I don't pretend to. I have four kids. The oldest is five. The youngest is one. Um, I'm just, I'm learning as I'm going. I'm trying to learn lessons as I go. And if I can pass those on, great. Um, I, you know, I, I, I reach out to a lot of my other mom friends who have kids older than mine to ask them for advice. And so by no means am I trying to say anything of like, I know it all. I'm all, I'm just somebody saying, Hey, listen, look, um, I'm in the trenches with you and I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah. Amen to that. I'm pretty sure the older my kids get, the dumber I get. And that's not because they make me feel dumber. It's just, I'm not really dumb. That's a derogatory way of saying it. But the more I realize how much I don't know. And it's humbling, but it's also freeing at the same time. And so, um, anyway. So, I am excited to shift gears and talk about your new venture. Um, Your so busy and um, quote, I'm doing air quotes here, successful. I know you probably don't love that word, but it was really the best word for me to, you know, convey what I'm trying to say. Um, I would love for you to share with our listeners about Lux U and why did you decide to add something else or, you know, what is, what is your real goal in, um, launching Lux U. If you want to tell them a little bit about it and then, and kind of that why. Yeah, it's a great question um, because I ask myself that often myself <laughs> at times. So there's that. But um, so Lux U, Lux University, Lux is Latin for light. So, and the, the inspiration behind the word is from the woman at the well in the gospel of John, John four. And, um, it's one of my favorite gospel stories of women in the new Testament. And so, um, uh, the woman at the well, I believe is just right. She's, she is just helped me out a lot from heaven, but, um, her story is incredibly inspiring to me. This is a woman who is a known sinner in her, in her town, Everybody knows who she is. They know what she's done. They, she's pretty much isolated. She doesn't have any friends. Um, uh, we know this from just the fact that she's going at the well in the, in the middle of the day instead of in the morning where usually all the women would, would go and they would socialize and it would be an event. She's going by herself, middle of the afternoon, heat of the day. Um, Jesus is actually passing through the town, but he, um, but his father, God the Father, stops and redirects his path. So even Jesus listens to God the Father. It's just a beautiful piece. Anyways, in John 4, you have this interaction, I'm sure everybody's familiar with it, um, of Jesus and this woman. He speaks to her. He asks her questions. She ends up having a confession, and in a sense, like the sacrament of reconciliation, you can see they're happening at the well. Um, Jesus renews her. He tells her that he is the living water. And outside of Jesus's inner circle, she, she is the first person to know that he is the Messiah. And 
she takes this amazing news and with courage goes back into her town where everybody knows who she is. They know her sins. They identify her with her sins. And she has the, the courage and the bravery to go and tell this town, I just met a man who knows all about me. Could this be the Messiah? And she, she poses the question so she can allow them to seek the answer, which is Christ himself. She's not doubting that he's the Messiah, but she just gives the question so that they can open up their heart to seek the answer. And then Christ stays in that town for two days and many are converted. So the, the Eastern Church actually gave the woman at the well a name, and they gave her the name of Photina. They call Saint Photina now, and Photina is Greek for light. So this connection from Photina, which means light in Greek, um, and then Lux, which means light in Latin, that's kind of where this all is from, is this place for women to be, um, to let their jars not be filled with the world, but to be filled with faith and community and truth, that we could come to a place where we can learn more about our faith, or we can have community and have people to share it with in a private setting outside of social media. Mm-hmm. And that we can grow in our faith and then go back to our own towns, our own families or wherever it might be, or even just into our own recesses of our own heart and allow truth to speak freely. And so that was the inspiration behind Luxu. I felt the call, I felt God calling me to give more. And he kept saying this to me in prayer. And I just, I just, I kept questioning him, how? How am I supposed to give more, God? You have me so busy. You have me doing these things. You, My first vocation, wife and mother, here I'm doing this, and then I'm all the other things that he has me busy doing. And it was this constant nagging from Christ of like, I need you to give more. And um, this is, that had been going on for about three years before I finally finally just in, in, in just desperation was just screaming out how. And he just said, um, give more and give better. And for me, I had had this idea of a place where, as I just described, an online community membership site where women could come in and be a part of this group and where we could provide each month, um, in a sense, a, loosely speaking, a course um, on a topic of the faith. And, you know, we'd have some easy things like videos to watch and some worksheets if you wanted to fill them out. It's not this high pressure thing. No, nothing's getting graded, but it's this idea of a place where we can actually deepen our faith and have more teaching on the faith and top like you know, life topics and, and faith issues, hot topics, all of those different things into one place, plus have the community um, of other Catholic women. I also wanted to create a platform where other Catholic teachers, evangelists, authors, speakers, great women could come and actually inform other great women. And, you know, you know, Becky, especially today when our church is suffering so much and there's so much hurt and the scandals that continue to pop up time after time, um, I really believe part of the answer will be us coming together and demanding more from our church. Hmm. And mm-hmm. within within the church itself, the biggest group is the laity. And within the laity, it is mostly comprised, it's comprised of more women than not. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's an answer there. Maybe there's an answer for us to know our faith 
to have community that supports us in our faith and then to begin to share that faith with others. And so this was just constantly this idea and this dream over the past three years or so. And then the past year, it started to take form and in a, in a on a bigger scale. And we've we formed LuxU and we launched for the first time in March of 2019. We'll be doing a, a fall launch um, early fall launch um, launch uh, this this year as well in 2019 and um, we only open up registration for like one week um, and people can sign up it's a monthly subscription and we like I said we, we put out new courses every single month taught by myself and other women um, and it's just for me, on a, on a personal note, it's been a great learning experience. It's been very difficult. When I say great learning experience, I mean I've been humbled and I am working harder than I ever thought I I I I would. And the idea is that I'd be able to be home more, um, to be with my family more, and and to be more present to them instead of on the road. But I'd be able to give more on an more of an online platform with women. Mm-hmm. But as in any good business, you have to like put in the hard work and the sweat and the tears and the blood and um, I'm that's that's a part of it and that's what we're doing and um, I'm just trying to humble myself to every every response every um, you know insight or encouragement or criticism and just trying to make it better so that I can provide something for women um, in our faith I love that uh, I I love the the idea that um you want women to encourage women. That's kind of been my hashtag for quite a while with the, the podcast is women encouraging women. Um, also being part of Helena Daily, you know, that's where we, that's where it was all born out of is we want women to stop attacking women. We want women to come together because there's that strength. I'm putting to um, putting on a tee for some mothers and I'm pulling some good readings for uh, some of the students to read to the moms and just rereading, you know, uh, Pope John Paul II and his letter to women and like this rising up and every everything that I have been reading this week preparing for that is is funny how the Lord works is preparing me for this conversation here like I'm hearing you say it and I'm like yes the women will rise and one of your big words is rise it's time it's time for us to rise even a conversation this morning completely separate from every any of this a friend said it's like females just attack females and I don't, it's just getting worse. And then of course I think of Carrie Gress's book, Toxic Femininity. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what we're talking about. All stemming from that feminist movement and now it's time to redeem it, right? Jesus Christ is the redeemer. So we've got to continue to give him that feminist movement and let him redeem it and let's rise up the church. Amen. That is what we're, yeah, I, my, that's what sets my heart on fire. That is why I do this. That's why I, I, and it's that sense of intensity and fire and, and draw to Christ and women that says to me, yes, let's add this to my plate along with my four kids, <laughs> five and under, and my awesome husband who supports me like no other. Let's do this because I'm playing, Becky, I'm playing the long game. Mm-hmm. I'm playing the long game. Uh, I'm I'm not in here just to do something for the next couple years or to make some money off of it. Mm-hmm. Everything that LuxU does and takes in goes back into LuxU. Um, you know, taking a... 
taking a quote from Dave Ramsey and putting a spiritual, <laughs> you know, twist on it, but you got to live like no one else. So you can live like no one else. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, that's what we're doing. I want to give so much to women so that they can give so much to other women. And because I can't reach everybody, but what I can do is I can reach a decent group of women and then those women can reach out to their group of women. And that is why we created LuxU. LuxU is a place for women can, to come to have community uh, as well as, as know their faith in a place that's easy. Um, it's not high pressure and it's going to inform them. And there'll be, there's, there's, we're, we're, we are growing. We're constantly adding new courses and content to it. And so it's just, this has been a dream of mine. I can't wait to see where Christ takes it. He is um, leading the ship here, and we are just kind of holding on. <laughs> For dear life. <laughs> yeah, a little bit being like, okay, okay, this is where we're going. All right. And, um, but it's been amazing. It, it really has. It's, it's not without its struggle, but it has been good. And I'm honored to, to, to work for the Lord in this area and to do something for women. I'm, I'm excited. And I hope that, um, I hope that people, you know, give it a chance and take a look in, into it. Uh, but more than anything, I, you know, regardless of, of how you do it, my biggest desire, the only one I have is for, is for every single person on the planet to know him, Amen. to know Christ I don't care. I mean, I would love it if you sign up for Luxu and you can be a part of our community, but I, I whatever it is, it, I don't care if you do that or you do something else. But I, I fear, my greatest fear is when I, when, when I encounter people is that they just don't know. They don't know him. They don't know the person of Christ. They don't know how much he loves them and the mercy he has. And it's, that is what drives me to do everything is that I want the world. I want every person to know the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, that he is savior, that he is mercy, that he is love, that he is friend, that he is father. Hmm. I can, I can only imagine that as you came from a world, very, um, the, the secular world, and, and a secular world beyond probably what any many of us have really known, although some of us have known some some real darkness. But when you contrast what are, are you think of those people whom whom you loved, whom whom you cared for and befriended or even your worst enemy um, out in your your pre reconversion days and and the love of Christ in you, the mercy of Christ in you, you just like your heart aches so bad. Like, I just want you to know so bad what Christ can do for you. Just seeing, contrasting that life then and the life now and seeing just, I don't know, emptiness, darkness, um, the lack of light the lack of delight. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's it's darker than what we even know, the darkness. Um 
the worldliness that is corroded so many people's hearts and tries to get into ours in very cunning ways. I've seen that. I've experienced it. I've seen the monster that lives in the darkness, and I've wrestled with it. And it's um, it is by the grace alone that I'm out of that. And it is with uh, a deep sincerity and compassion I have for those who still struggle in that area or who choose it. And all I can do is give them to Christ in his mercy, is to pray, of course, for them and then pray for every encounter they have with anyone else that they may see that there is a way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And to come out of the darkness, you have to walk through the darkness. And that's uncomfortable. Because once you go so far in, you just stay. Mm-hmm. You just get lost. And you have, you've lost your direction. You, you, you don't know what it even means to turn around and walk back. And that's hard for a lot of people to understand. Like some, some people say, well, just, just stop. Just stop doing that thing. Or just stop. <laughs> you're like... The darkness corrodes the soul at such a deep level that it begins to strangle hope. And when when that is extinguished, you've lost your conscience has lost its its direction. Mm-hmm. And and so it's very it's it's so hard. And like I said, I'm I've been there. I've wrestled with that. And so you know, mercy, divine mercy is the answer. Um, that's not an easy answer, but at the word of the answer is divine mercy. The process of divine mercy is not easy in terms of allowing ourselves to walk out of the darkness and then after that surrender uh, to divine mercy. But the answer is mercy. The answer, of course, is the sacred heart. Um, and, and so we pray. We offer up our sacrifices we fast mm-hmm. um, we do what we can um, I I believe in Jesus I don't just believe in him as a person I I believe in him I believe in his words I believe in his wounds I believe in the empty tomb I believe in the resurrection so so when we say we believe what do we believe actually you know, as, as, as Christians, as Catholics, we, we should question, we should give ourselves that question. Like, do I believe him or do I just believe in the idea of him? Or do I just believe in a prayer card of Jesus? Uh, what is it? Because when, we, when, when you look at the world and you look at the darkness and you feel like I have no idea what to do. Well, the answer will obviously always be Jesus Christ and divine mercy. But when we say we believe and we say we know that's the answer, like I just I always like to pose that back to myself. I'm like, Leah, tell me what you believe. And I'll just make an act of faith and I'll just say to Jesus, I believe you. I believe in your words, Jesus. I believe in your wounds. I believe in the scars. I believe in your empty tomb. I believe in your resurrection, Jesus. And for me, that's just like a personal act of faith that I do to deal with um, my own past darkness and also my own personal and current sufferings, as well as the people that are still in that space. Mm -hmm. Well, 
proclaiming that faith has power over the evil one. And so it's such a beautiful act of spiritual warfare, powerful act of spiritual warfare. And even in that, you know, I keep thinking about um, um, a spiritual mother has told me over and over. She's a spiritual director. And she says over and over, if people only knew, not just intellectually, but really knew how much God loved them unconditionally, not because they prayed the right prayer, not because they made the right choice, even though they made the wrong choice. If people only knew how much God loved them, sweetly, tenderly loved them, our world would truly be a different place. We would be filled with the mercy to give to the others who don't know it yet. And it's just, mm-hmm. it is confounding. I mean, I, I have professed, I, I struggle with that on a daily basis. God, do you really love me? Like, oh, me, of, of, of little faith. How, how can I say that when I look back on all that he's done in my life and the life of my family and the life of those around me? Oh, Becky, <laughs> what little <laughs> faith. But this world and Satan crawling around in it he seeks to destroy the truth um, and he and he's a liar and so yeah absolutely he is the liar the liar he's it's all he can do is lie that's yeah. all the enemy can do is lie we have we have to stop believing anything else than that all he can do is lie he is a liar he cannot create he only distorts so the lies we believe, um, for, for me, it always helps to like know where they're coming from. And it just makes me ah, angry. Yeah. And, ang- and I just, and I, uh, you know, I, in my prayers, I talk to the Lord and I'm just like, I hate it. He is a liar. He is a liar. And I, I will not believe, I will not believe these lies anymore. And I remember actually after my, after my like, conversion or technically reversion um, back to the faith. I remember walking out of this photo shoot and I got so pissed off walking down Fifth Avenue back to my apartment in New York because I was, I know I was given a grace, but began to realize how many, how many lies I had been listening to and believed and carried out. And I did not want to be a minion for the liar anymore. And it just made me angry. And I just, (laughs) I don't want to work for a liar. And I don't want to participate in the liar's game. So it's just, I know it's not as easy as saying, I'm not going to believe. But the acknowledgement is important. The self-awareness is needed in our own spiritual lives to, to, to recognize what it is we're believing or what's keeping us from it, from accepting the truth of what you had just said of, of, of how much God loves us deeper and more perfect than we could even understand more than we love our own children. He loves us and cherishes us and wants us with him. This tender, beautiful, all-encompassing, completely smothering love. 
And once you have a taste of that, nothing satisfies anymore. No, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it changes your life. It has to change your life because that's the only thing that love does. It just changes your life. Authentic, true love from Jesus Christ. It is not stagnant. It is not just a persuasive moment. It is a life-changing experience. When you experience that love and mercy of Jesus Christ, I mean, it is over. It is over. I mean, that's how it was for me. I was like, for, for, forget it. Forget it. Yeah. There is nothing in this world. And I, I pray to God that he helps me keep to my word on this um, because, you know, there by the grace of God go why? But there's nothing in this world that would keep me from the love of God, keep me from his love. But there's nothing in this world that I would ever want outside of his love. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. And when people talk to me and they'll be like, well, Leah, do you miss your days modeling or do you miss being on the TV? And I'm like, are you insane? No <laughs> offense. But like, why would you ask such a stupid question? And I understand they're not stupid, but to me, the question is because, like, have you? All I want to say is, have you not experienced the love of Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. Because if you have, you would not ask me that question. And mate, I know the question's good for interviews <laughs> and to get people talking, blah blah blah. But oh, for me, there's like this, there's this personal piece to it, being like. <laughs> I could just shout this from the rooftop. I mean, it's so it's just like it's you're right. Like when you when you get a taste of that, you become almost a little annoying to people because you're like, yeah, like yeah. I'm sorry, this is nice, but it's but but man, Christ and His love, His love for us that never ends, it just doesn't compare to anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. Um, well, I mean, we could preach Jesus Christ um, <laughs> for another 30 minutes, I think, together. But um, I want to just ask a couple more pointed questions about Lux U that I think other women are going to be asking um, after listening to this podcast. And I want I want to see if I can get you to answer a couple of them. And sure, one of, course. of them is um, speakers, teachers, Um you know, as I've perused, uh, didn't see you list any of that. So is that one of those things that um, you keep um, under wraps or? Yes. So we are just starting out. So we wanted to, um, as we grow, we'll start adding in and putting out more teachers. And we are um, in the process right now of adding a lot of other women to come and teach. We've had some, we, we, we do have some that are coming out in this next launch. We've got, you know, Lisa Cutter and Sarah Swafford. We've got um, Jackie Francois. We've got Dr. Carrie Gress. We've got Sister Miriam James. Um, we have a couple priests that are going to be um, teaching a few courses. And we have um, a few people that maybe, uh, a few women that maybe might be unfamiliar by name, but we have some experts in um, some saintly teachings, uh, especially one on Edith Stein. Awesome. Um, we have a doctorate professor who is going to be teaching a course on that, which I am incredibly pumped about so there's just a great variety um of what we'll have and we'll begin to um start posting those and all of the different women who will be teaching 
as they come along and as they, you know, officially sign on as a Luxu presenter. Um, so yeah, there's there's going to be a lot of other great women who will be coming in to teach the teach different courses. And that was part of Luxu that it wasn't just going to be this place where you're just going to hear from me and teaching, which I do teach. I do teach a lot of the courses, but I wanted this to be a platform for other women to help teach and inspire other women. And so um, we are constantly adding new content. We release a new course about once a month. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're constantly adding new content. We, we take suggestions from our Luxury members of like, hey, what courses would you want us um, to teach and to give to you? So it's a very specialized and tailored, um, in a sense, Catholic education in a way. Lovely. And do you have a specific demographic or does just the female gene work? Female works. Okay. Um, we have got, we, um, we, we, we do offer some, we'll be offering some courses uh, for women who are seeking out, you know, different types of like vocational questions. So that might pertain to a different demographic than others. But we have got right now, I have got, I've got, I've got women as young as a senior in high school, um, which I, I mean, God bless those few women that are a part of it because I just like thinking, wow, if I was like you in high school seeking out more Catholic formation, I, I don't, I mean, wow, that's amazing. Um, and then we have got women in Lakshu who are grandmothers and um, into their 70s. And so there's just a really great variety. There's a lot of moms, a lot of new moms, a lot of young adult women, a lot of women in their 40s and their 50s. So it's kind of been this really nice spread all all across the board um, of Catholic women who've come together. The community section, I mean, Becky's blown me out of the water. Um, the kindness and the attentiveness of these women to each other is just heartwarming. If ever I'm having like a, you know, just a rough day where I see the world and bad news. I literally, God will bring up something and I'll go into the Luxu community and I'm reading these posts from other women um, asking for prayers or just supporting one another and seeing how people comment back and forth. It's beautiful. It is spiritually beautiful to see what is going on and what is happening within this community of women coming together. That's, that's lovely. And I'm, I am absolutely a hundred percent sure that all of us women are really desiring that, whether we can articulate it um, or whether we even can figure that out yet. But we need that. We need that community. But and we also need, like you mentioned earlier, I call them in real life friendships and relationships. And um, we've got to remember to get ourselves out out of our house and and off of social media so that we can have those authentic interactions. Um, because that's where growth is and, and we can share, look, I have, I cannot tell you how many conversations start. Well, my friend I met on Instagram and of course my kids think I'm crazy. I hope I'm not like some crazy model of how you meet friends, but, um, I've had such opportunity to meet new women and, and establish relationships. And I'm seeing the gospel come alive through social media, but, um, also getting in real life and sharing what we're sharing, what we're learning from places like Luxu and, and putting it into practice so that we can share the mercy 
and and share the gospel, share the light, share Jesus Christ with all those around us. Um, okay, so I have one last question for you, and then I will let you get back to your precious children. Um, I like to ask women this question at the end of the podcast. And again, like I, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm kind of all about the hashtag women encouraging women. And we, I, I would just love for you to share with me, is there some woman that just off the top of your head, you can remember that she spoke something into your life, a truth, a beauty into your life in such a way that it planted a seed that grew into a great conversion in your life in some way. It doesn't have like to be the main conversion, but we, you know, are converting on a daily basis. Hmm. Well, huh. Um, there was, I've never shown this before. There, um, there was a moment I had uh, about almost four years ago now, and I was asked to speak at the Cathedral of Mary Magdalene in France, and uh, I was in the south of France, and I was actually speaking on her feast day, uh, in her, in her, in her basilica with her tomb, her crypt, just right below me as I shared my testimony of mercy to a group. And before the talk, um, I was very nervous to go into this because Mary Magdalene has been spiritually incredibly close to me in some very personal ways and and maybe not the obvious ways that people think of our lives of some public sin, which is true. But there's been many other ways where Mary Magdalene has just been spiritually um, very, very close to me and helping me come closer to Christ. And uh, I was excited but very nervous just to kind of like, in a sense, you know, just encounter um this place where she last lived you know and as i approach they have um behind the altar of this church they have her skull in this beautiful um case gold case and everything around it and you can go and um you know ask for prayers and venerate it and in a sense and um i was so nervous I remember just butterflies in my stomach and um, Ricky was with me and uh, I passed over the kids to him to hold and he goes, you go ahead, you you go on up there. And it was just me and her. And I walked up and and I just looked at her (laughs) in a sense, looked at her and her skull. And uh, before I could say anything, because I was like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to say. And it just sounds so silly. I know this. Hopefully Catholics can get it. But I got up there, and before I could say anything, I heard in my heart, I heard her say, hello, friend. And it just, uh, it just was so simple. Um, 
but it made such an impact on me that I heard I heard these words that from someone who was praying for me and interceding for me and someone who knew that I could relate to her and she could relate to me and that there was a friendship among saints. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one. I, I'm, I'm working. I'm not, I'm not one, but, um, but there's a friendship with the saints in us. And it was just this moment that I'll never forget. And it was simple words that probably mean nothing. And this is probably not a very impactful story to anybody else, but me, but it was very impactful to me. And, um, I uh, I chose Mary Magdalene as my confirmation saint. And when I got married, I, of course, in the process of getting married, I had to submit all of my, you know, papers, my sacrament papers. And in doing so, I found out then, I did not know this my whole life until the moment when I got married when I was 33, that I was actually baptized on her feast day. Oh, wow. So that day was the anniversary of my baptism, it was my confirmation saint and the woman who has helped me be with Christ and surrender to him in my life. And those simple words of just hello, friend, that she put in my heart was just something incredibly impactful that I'm not alone and the communion of saints is very real and they do consider us friends and they love us and they want us to continue striving for Christ. And um, it was just simple, but it was just the presence of that and a connection of friendship that has really, until this day, still makes quite an impact on me. Hmm. Well, I don't believe that that story is only um, special for you. I mean, that's um, <laughs> that's powerful. So. Um, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It's God is good. He is so merciful. He does not forget us, but he also sends others to remind us of him too. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for, for giving us your time today. Uh, thank you for your passion. Thank you for your yes. And, um, the fire girl, don't let that fire go. It is strong and it is good. And your light is truly shining. And um, may our words always encourage you to continue. And the consolation of our Lord be with you. Thanks, Leah. Amen. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Thriving in the Trenches. I have hope that it will have encouraged you in your journey and that you will know the love of God even more intimately. Please share this podcast with a friend on your social media pages or leave a review in iTunes. You are welcome to join me on our Instagram or Facebook group where we can grow in friendships. Thanks for coming.
Hello, this is international Catholic singer Anna Nuzzo, inviting you to join me and Father Dan Cambra of the Marian Fathers on a select international tour's Divine Mercy pilgrimage to Poland and the Czech Republic. It takes place in September of 2019, and we would love for you to join us. For more information, go to my website, AnnaNuzzo.com. Thank you, and God bless. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.